Hey friend, good morning and welcome to GOG. I'm really legit excited to be here to be talking to you, right? I'm so hopeful, so glad to be having this conversation with you because truth is like you mean so much to me, right? Maybe you don't know that you do, but you are probably maybe I'm praying for you all over the week and I'm trusting God for you and I'm declaring things over you, right? But I'm you mean so much to me as much as you do. But I really think that you mean so much more to God, right? And truth is maybe you have been in those gatherings before that you've legit found someone. Even I'm an Arsenal fan, Arsenal still played yesterday and they won, which they will still continue to lose after that. But we are not arguing with them, we are giving them the first win. Remember, Mario last year, they won 6 or 4 1, but still went missing out on Champions League football. But all of that, right? So it's, it's years to decide. But you, maybe you felt like that was like Premier League is back by the way, awesome things that God is doing nowadays. Chelsea is playing everything today. Pray for us, we win on all sides. In Jesus' name, we lose none. Amen and amen. <laughs> Maybe for you, when you heard that, that about how your week went, you went like, well, actually, I'm not, I'm not so sure about all the king and stuff that you are talking about. I, I, I kind of think I had a messed up week. I kind of think that maybe like I had a messed up month, right? Maybe for you it's like a month that you think you messed up, or the first quarter of the year, or the first half of the year. You just kind of think, you know, I think I had a messed up. Uh, and all of that, right? And you are saying maybe like all this king thing that you are talking about. I'm not too sure that I'm I'm, I'm even I'm even a prince, talk less of being a king. And right, you know what? This is what I really believe about all of these things. That let's say you buy you a Ferrari car, right? 2022 model Ferrari sports car, also, and it's in a garage, which it's not in my garage because I don't have any, right? But let's just say that all of us have Ferrari cars. Let's just say that all of us have Ferrari cars, and it's in a garage. Truth is. The fact that it is a Ferrari car does not mean that it cannot develop a fault. Right? Come on. The fact that it is a Ferrari car does not mean that it cannot be faulty. Right? So, truth is, the fact that it is faulty does not mean that it stops being a Ferrari car. Right? So, the fact that you have a, you had a bad week, you are having a bad week, or maybe something happened, right? A bad month or a bad quarter of the year. Doesn't necessarily mean that you stop being a bad, you stop being a king, right? It doesn't mean that you stop being royalty. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Ferrari car stops being a Ferrari car. But if there's anything at all that can happen to the car is that we take the car out, call the mechanic and have the mechanic fix it, right? Because truth is, the fact that something happened to it doesn't mean that it's less valuable, less marketable, less appreciable or anything than what it used to be. 
I think that that's what I feel like God puts in my heart to say to you that I don't know what you are passing through. I don't know what your week was. I don't know what your relationship was. Truth is, I don't know, but I feel maybe you just broke out of a relationship that you kind of invested quite into like four, seven years of your life, put a lot of work into it. And maybe you just went out of that relationship this week and maybe you are standing here and you are making statements like, you know what, I'm a failure. You know what, I can't make it in life. And maybe you are not even saying it literally, but you are almost kind of living it in your actions, living it through your behaviors and everything. You know what God, I, you know what I think God wants to say to you this morning is that the fact that a Ferrari car has a problem does not mean that the Ferrari car stops being a Ferrari, right? The fact that a Mercedes car has a problem does not mean that it has it stops being a Ferrari or a Mercedes. What it means is that there is a problem that we have to fix, right? And God is so good, God, that you know, funny thing about God, I love so much. You know, I love God, right? God even says in Romans chapter eight that you know what, that all things work together for good. Right. This is what it means that things might have happened that are not good, but we serve a God that can take what are not what is not good from you and can give you what is good in return. Right. So I'm so excited to put it to announce to you that you know what you are not a failure. No, believe me sincerely, you are not. Right. You just had a bad week. You are not a failure. You just had a bad business transaction. It does not mean your business is a failure. You just had worked on the bad relationship. Right. It does not mean that you are a failure. It does not mean all of that. Right. You are still a Ferrari car. You are still royalty. Remember that person that when he says something does not like, that God that does not like, right? He says you are a prince. He says you are a royalty, right? So if God calls you all of that, you have a bad relationship. does not mean that you are a bad person. and does not mean that God is a liar. It means that, you know what, there are some things that need to be fixed. But after all of that, truth is God will even take those that need to be fixed and work them out for your good, right? Maybe that's the one you needed to hear this morning. But I am so, so excited about all that God has in stock for us this morning. Believe me, sincerely, I'm excited. And you know, as I was thinking about all of that and about thinking about how to fix and all of that, you know what? I really found it profound that God does not just tell us motivational quotes, right? Maybe that's what you just said, that this guy is a good motivational person and all of that. I really think God does beyond motivation. And God shows us practical steps into how to do all of that. And so, as we're talking about all of fixing our cars and fixing our Ferraris and all of that, truth is, maybe you are asking yourself like me that, how do I fix my Ferrari? Or maybe you are even saying that, no, my Ferrari is not even broken, my Ferrari is fine. You know what I will say to you? Because it is a Ferrari, right, means that it is prone to be faulty one day. Right. So why nobody wakes up and says that you know what I nobody prays for their Ferrari to be broken. But I'm sure that we all run checks on our Ferraris, right? So that to make sure that we just prevent them from breaking down the day we need them the most, right? I don't want my Ferrari to break down when I'm on Todd Milan Bridge going to Lagos or in Lagos. Or I don't want my Ferrari to break or to break down when I'm going somewhere quite important to me. And so if we are in any which way that you are in both of this, you are having a great Ferrari, having a great week, great year, great day great employment and everything. I think you really need God's word to make sure that it doesn't break down along the way. And if you are saying that, you know, my, my friend is not even starting, right? Don't worry. We all need God's word. Truth is, we all need mechanics. Either your car is fine or your car is not fine. We need mechanics to run checks on the fine ones. And we need mechanics also to come down and fix the ones that are faulty. And truth is, we have a mechanic today. And we have a mechanic in the person of Jesus. We have a mechanic in the person of his word. We have a mechanic in the person of his finished work. The eyes that he has done for us. And like we like to remind ourselves every day we gather around the Jesus story. That if Jesus was alive in our days, he would be successful. He would have a good life. He would be prosperous and all of that. And truth is, it won't be all of that because God will be partial towards him. No, it will be all of that because of how he lives his life. On earth, it was not this, right? And so when we go to God and we say, God, teach us how to live our life. Because truth is, God is not an hypocrite. 
right? This is, what, this is what it means, that because God is not an hypocrite, God will not ask us to live our life in a particular way, right? And if God was, on a, if God was alive, he would have lived another way. It's only an hypocrite that will tell someone that do this thing, but he himself will not do what he asks you to do. So this is what we are sure of, that what God tells us to do in the Bible is the exact same thing that God would have done if he was on earth. Right? And think about it. Can you ever imagine that if God was alive, even if God was in Nigeria, do you think God would not be successful? You will see a very big no because we are all sure that God will do well. So if God will do well, this is the very same way that God will do well. Right? So every time you read your Bible, every time you pray, every time you gather around church, every time you gather around God's Bible, what you are doing is that you are learning how God will be successful even in Nigeria. Big guys, I always want to do that. I always want to learn that, right? And so today again, we'll be going all over that and we're learning how God will do something very beautiful. I have a guest speaker today and his name is Joseph, right? And Oh, that was too fast. I should not have said that. But his name is Joseph and he's going to come on board at some point. But before we go any further, I would like to read a verse, a text for you and then pray and then speak a little bit. Then I will bring up our guest. Is that fine? So yeah, I will be in Luke. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 2 rather, and you know, the story of Jesus, you know. So legit, people only get to bring Joseph to church on Christmas days, right? You know, there's one guy that when he shows up in church, you that knows it's Christmas, or when someone is, the Malachi shows in church, you know, it's for tithes. You know, people just kind of <laughs> let liberal people, or when you hear Thomas, you know, they want to talk about unbelief, but all of that. But Joseph only gets out of the shadows on Christmas. Sometimes he doesn't even get out, maybe he gets out because he's like the unseen person in the Jesus story. But I want to like focus and zoom in on Joseph today as we learn principles from God about how to live our life, right? And so, you know the uh, story about the birth of Jesus. Then Jesus was giving birth. Shepherds were told by an angel that he was giving birth to. And they were now coming to like give him gifts and to worship him, right? So, I will take it from there. And so, verse 20, Luke 2, 20 says, And the shepherds returned. Glorifying and praising God for all the things that he had, they have seen and he had, that they had seen, as it was told them. And when the ages of circumcision were accomplished, the child and his mother, which was, which or named Jesus, which was named by the angel, went for purification and all of that. And the Bible was speaking about all that happened. Right. Okay, so I'm trying to read a particular place. Oh, so, um, okay, yeah, so, yeah, so, basically, that's where I'm trying to, and I kind of miss my scripture, <laughs> like, I, I kind of just messed up my scripture, but truth is, maybe I'm just going to find it at some point, but I don't think I have all of that time, uh, but let me just find my scripture, I, I, I kind of missed up my scripture, okay, let's do Matthew 2. Instead of Luke, let's do Matthew 2, Matthew 2, verse 13. It says, When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the dream, saying, Arise, take your young child with his mother, and flee to Egypt, and beat out there until I bring you a word. Right? Forever seek to kill the child. I got my scripture. And today I'm going to be speaking on something I speak. In the last week we spoke about liberating our, our moments, right? Today I'm going to speak about the beauty in the moment. The beauty in the moment. And can we pray before we go ahead? Dear God, thank you. Thank you for speaking so practically to us. Thank you for always being a good God, a good Father. God, we ask you that you will speak your word so practically. You have speak to us in a simple language that we understand. 
create so profound our God if you change our lives. We ask that by the teaching of your word, everyone is strengthened, everyone is edified, and everyone is comforted. God bless us right here, right now, God. We are standing, we are waiting for you. We are trusting you, Lord God, you will speak right into our life, right into our relationship, right into our marriage, right into our academics. Do what only you can do. Reach us, God, in a very practical way. We thank you because we are asking this not from a God that doesn't want to give, but from a God that has given unto us all things freely. We thank you because you are not only willing, but you are able. And you are not only able, but you are willing. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen, and Amen, and Amen, and Amen. Right. And so, uh, to be, I wanted to say this exactly that, you know what, I think we should be praying for our nation before we go in. I think we should be praying for our nation. I think we should be praying for Nigeria, right? I think we should be praying for ASU. Now, you know, if you are a student and you are ASU strike, I think you really want to pray for them and all of that, right? And I, myself, I've been praying and I think my team also have been praying for ASU. And, and maybe not just to start my, my message, but I, I wanted to like start my message around the whole concept of education. But I also wanted to say that I've been praying for ASU and I think we should pray about things that really matter to us. Let's pray, right? If we don't pray, then we, we, are, not, we are not involved with God in what concerns us. And so, I, I, so I, I would have said we should go back to university for my introduction, but you know, since there's ASU strike, I don't want you to think too much about ASU strike and all of that. So let's go back to secondary school. Which is very, I think, all, almost everybody can relate to that. And so today, I want to ask you, like, if you, if they ask you to give, like, to write, like, a fifteen sentence about your secondary school experience, what will it really be like? 15, 15 sentences about your secondary school experience. Right. Uh, so like, maybe yeah. Right now, you are trying to think about all of that, but for me, I really think about it, and I'm like, beautiful moments, right, in my secondary school experience. It's not like I. For for me personally, I think I, one thing I would just love is that I would just love I would just love to have a get together with everybody, right? Like every one of my from back and my qualified classmates, you know, just that moment of speaking and you know, I just love those guys. And maybe I don't really love all of them when I was there, but now I, like I kind of appreciate all of them and I value them. Like just that sense, right? And if you went to Baptist Comprehensive College, uh, two thousand and twelve, right? Then I'm. Maybe I'm thinking about doing a bumpy experience once again. So you know what bumpy is, but just that one bumpy kind of thing. I'm not sure how it will feel now, but just as that bumpy, maybe just going to bumpy kind of right. And, and I'm thinking about good friends that maybe I would have kept in touch with if I had the opportunity again. Like I'm thinking about Benjamin, about Abby, about but Abby rather about Kazim, about Shia Jao, right? I'm thinking about Tami. I'm thinking about Tosin. Quite a lot of I, I saw a deal quite recently in the bathroom and I just wish that you know I had more time about guardian. So I don't know if they will ever hear this, right? But uh, legit, you no know, secondary school, beautiful days, intro tech, and all of those amazing stuff. And you no, know, I just love secondary school. Uh, graduation, wow, you know, this I just love secondary school. And maybe you are thinking about all of that also. And truth is, I, I, I am a writer, right? And I kind of am a professional writer, which means that I write CVs for people professionally and I count and I maybe like LinkedIn optimization and all of that. And I can legit tell you that the best that we can do with a secondary school experience, right, is that it can be on two lines of a CV, right? So this is what it means. Let me break it down. I think I'm going into my message. Like, you know, a CV ideally should be like a two pager, right? Of, you know, if you are not a startup, right? You are maybe like a CV should be like a two pager. But truth is, you find out that 
the secondary school experience can only be one page right if you are having another if you're having someone else write your cv or maybe you want to like to be very elaborate about your your, your secondary school education right then it is like a four page it's like a four line right there's a secondary school there's a there's a gss there's an essays and as i was thinking about it this morning i was, you know what i was thinking about that you know what you no know, life really i think life really does that to us so many times right that life can take six years of our life and can say it in four lines right i kind of think about my secondary school experience and maybe you think about it did you not cry in secondary school because i did i went to a boarding house i remember days that i would come back from home and i would be in school and i would be crying about missing home do you, do you remember intro tech when you failed intro tech you thought that was the end of life right do you remember that person you were always fighting do you remember that teacher that beats you and do you remember everything that happened to you in secondary school you know what life does to us is that life takes everything that happens to us in six years life takes it and life calls it four lines and i was thinking about it and i was like wow this is how does life does that how can life even do that to anybody how can you take six years of my life and summarize it into four lines? Six years, four lines. I think it's unfair on anybody. Unfair on me, unfair on the six years, unfair on the system. I think life. You can't summarize six years into two, into two lines. Then I put the name of the school and I put YX certificate. Six years. And I was, as I was thinking about that, I... I was really thinking about that. Is that not the story of our lives? Is that not the story of our lives, really? Uh, maybe that's basically what I was speaking about. I'll be speaking, I'll be bringing Joseph in very soon. But I really think that's the story of our life. And I think we can learn from those very same things. Two things I think we can learn from it is that, one, life is, not in the, life is always not in the moment. Life is not always in the moment, right? And this is this is what I mean by it that I don't know what you are passing through at the moment. Truth is, I feel like God put in my heart to like, just just encourage someone. Like I don't really know what you are passing through at the moment. And truth is, maybe you are thinking right now that that is the end of your life. Do you know what? <laughs> I promise you that when life summarizes you up, what you call the greatest failure of your life might not even be up to a line. And I kind of think about it, how that it is possible that we can be beating ourselves up in the moment. Maybe you remember when you failed intro tech in Genesis 1. And you were crying, you were weeping, you were throwing yourself on the ground. And I remember for me, you know, I, have, I used to have this competition with one of my friends, my crush then. So she was, she was always coming first, I was coming second, right? I think I was coming third, that person I started coming second. Then I remember I had this clash with her that, you know what, after every test, I'm checking her. I'm checking her scores, trying to compile my scores, so just to make sure I come first. Then, that was the biggest fight for me. That was everything I was doing. I was fighting really hard. I was having this bit. I was, you know, I was kind of thinking about it. That <laughs> life summarizes all of that into two lines of a story of a guy that is just twenty six years old, right? And I kind of imagine that by the time I'm eighty. How, how would life summarize those six years of my life? How would life summarize it? Maybe by the time I'm 60, when they are writing about me in my, my, my biography or my autobiography, you might not even hear the word secondary school. You might not even hear the word BCCG. But truth is, that was, that was like six, six years of my life. 
And I was thinking about it that maybe that is the story of your life. True as a person, you are here, you just had a broken relationship, you just had a failed business, you just tried something that did not work out, and here you are beating yourself up and all of that. Do you know what I want to say to you is that by the time you are 50 or 60, <laughs> that experience that you think is the last of you will not even be there. And so this is why we say to you that no matter what you think your life is at the moment on the bad side, <laughs> life is not in life is not about the all about the moment, right? This is what I mean by that. Is that what I mean is that life is about what you do with your moments, right? We all have, we have failures. Remember last week we spoke about we all we have fears, right? But it is what you do from there, right? You had a broken relationship. What do you do from that broken relationship going forward? You had the faith business. What do you do with that faith business going forward? You had a uh, school system that did not work. What do you do going forward from there? Right? Because what you do going forward from there is going to summarize everything up. Truth is, my self, my academic life is summarized in the fact that I went to university. So it doesn't necessarily matter if I pass mathematics in GSS1 or if I failed mathematics in GSS1. My academics is summarized in the fact that I did not stop at the failure in GSS1. I got to university. Come on, do you get it? I did not stop at the failure in GSS1. I got to university. So this is what I can say to you. That no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you think life has done to you, if you don't stop at the failure at that level and you get to university, when the summary of your life is written, it won't be about the failures that you have in secondary school. It will be about the success that you have in university. And... And that, that's, that's like the summary of the message I want to preach today. Maybe if you say that, see, this guy is not really spiritual and all of that. And so, you know, and talking about all of that, I really think one of the guys that really speak that, that speaks volume to that for me is Joseph. And I was thinking about Joseph and how that, I was thinking about being on fear and all, how that life can summarize the stories of our life. And, you know, and I find in the book of Matthew chapter 2 and the Bible, chapter 12 that we read that, the Bible said something very briefly, and the Bible summarized Joseph's life and said that that Joseph went to Egypt, and and maybe that's like the second point I want to say. And Joseph went to Egypt, and truth is, I think that if I'm Joseph and I meet either Matthew, Luke, or John, not even John, if I meet either Matthew or Luke in heaven, I'm going to have a big fight with them. And I'm majorly, if there's no, nobody passing us in between, maybe I might throw a few punches. I don't know if they throw punches in heaven. I'm sure they don't. But if they give us just like that few minutes to throw punches, I'm sure I will throw one or two to them. Right? Because how do you summarize a whole experience into, and Joseph went into Egypt? Truth is, I think I've been in a second Christian sentence for some while, and this is what I will say to you that so many times what we try to reproduce is people's results, right? But we don't try to, we don't want to reproduce their efforts. I'll say it again. We try to reproduce people's finished products, but we don't try, we don't we don't want to put their hard work into it. And truth is, it's not sometimes our fault, it's because we have people that always tell us about things that they have done, not how they did it. And so we have a generation that wants to do things. That wants to have things that our parents have, but not the way that they had it. And I, I think that is quite big, and I think that is quite ambiguous, and never achievable at Australian. And I was thinking about Joseph this morning. That I think Joseph had a process. That's beautiful. Like Joseph is in church now, and I think I want to share something really, really beautiful about with Joseph, about Joseph to us. And also, I was thinking about it this morning. That you know what? 
No, I cannot think about Joseph. And the Bible says that Joseph, Joseph pointed to Egypt. That's the context. Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. Uh, truth is, Joseph did not just go to Egypt. He did not. Right? And what do I mean by Joseph did not just go to Egypt? Just stay with me. Joseph left, left Jerusalem, right? Left Judea, left his father's place, right? To come to Bethlehem, right? And why did he come? They were, they were having a census and he came. Think about it, guys. Let's go on this journey. If your wife is pregnant, nine months pregnant, at least for him, guy, right? And for the family, you will have had provision for where the child will be given birth to. That's like a maternity. You will have the clothes that the child will wear, right? You have food stuff. If you're Yoruba, you have items for naming ceremony at home, right? And think about it. Joseph is, the Bible did not say Joseph came down from heaven. Joseph had the father, he had the mother, he had sisters, right? He had brothers, he had all of those. So that means that there is a potential uncle, nanny, grandmom that is going to help Mary take care of Joseph's son, right? That isn't going to relieve Mary, right? Because after I've given birth to the child, I will need someone to help me, maybe carry the child a little bit. Just go around, play, take care of the child. Think about it, Joseph was a carpenter. So Joseph had a business in Jerusalem. He had a business in Judea. So I came to for census, and then I give birth. And the Bible says something that the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, and he said, Joseph, go to Egypt. Do you th how easy do you think it was for Joseph to wake up and say, I'm going to Egypt? How easy? Because sometimes I think life can be unfair to us so many times. And if we are not careful, we will wake up and we will say that, you know what, Joseph just became famous overnight. Joseph just had money overnight. And uh, what did Joseph even do? He just embraced, he did not even give birth to Mary. And God just favored him. Truth is, you don't know Joseph's story. Joseph had the business that he left. He had a family that he left. He had resources that he left. He had everything that he left. And he said no to all of them so he could go to Egypt with, Joseph, with Mary. As I was thinking about Joseph this morning, I really think one of the greatest heroes of faith that I have in my life right, right now, one of them is Joseph. And I was kind of thinking about that. Joseph woke up in the morning and left everything that he has ever worked for. Maybe Joseph was 30. He left everything he has ever worked for for 30 years to start a new journey. That today is a journey that we will never forget. And here it, here it is. This is my point exactly. And maybe that is the story of your life, right? That you feel like right here, right now, God is leading in your heart. God is putting in your heart to do something that is against what you have ever seen, what you have ever known, what you have ever done. And, I, and you are scared. I think Joseph was scared like you, if he was human. And you are afraid. I think Joseph was afraid like you. But do you know what I know? That it will eventually work out for our good. And I just, I just felt that impressed in my heart, and I just felt like saying it, and I'm already, I've already learned enough. That's everything I just felt like God put in my heart. And maybe you are like that already. You are like Joseph already. You are not even, you know, there are people that know what, you feel like God is putting in your heart to start something that is against maybe your academic result, your background, your education, and all of that. You know, I think that's beautiful. I think you should do that. But I'm also having a heart for people that have already started the journey. You are like Joseph already. You're already on your way to Egypt, or you are in Egypt. You are walking a new path that you, nobody has ever done. You are doing something that you know what is quite ambiguous. And truth is, this is what I want us, I feel like I have in my heart to say is that you know what? Let's keep at it. Let's keep doing it. You no, know, let's be like Joseph. Because one day, 
that Jesus that God is asking us to protect is going to one day be the savior of the world. That very same thing. Just imagine if Joseph puts a country back home and he tells his parents at home and he says that, you know what, I'm going to Egypt. Remember, just think about how the phone calls and everything will have gone. Maybe they were going to be insults, they were going to be abuses, they were going to be a lot of things. But that same Jesus is the one that will actually come to deliver the people that were abusing Joseph. And so on. I believe maybe you learned quite a lot of things in the story that we said today that you know what that failure is not the end of our lives right what we do after failures is what summarizes our life it's not about the exam you failed in gss1 sometimes it's about going to universities it's about labeling the moments that i'm not a failure because of what happened right i had a failure but i'm not a failure i had a failure but i'm not a failure labeling moment rights i had a failure but i'm not a failure and I wanted to encourage someone else that maybe you're on the Jesus journey and it's that you feel like you have sacrificed a lot, you are sacrificing a lot, even in your relationship. This is what I've known our relationship should be like, and God is calling me to start doing relationship one way. Like this is everything I've known about church, and I feel like God is pulling my heart to do something about something else. Truth is, I've never really known I'll be doing GOG by this time of the moment, but I feel like this is my story, and maybe this is what God wants me to say. You are in that journey that you feel like God is calling me to do something. God is asking me to leave my father. God is asking me to leave my familiarity. Like I've been doing this thing for the last thirty years, but God is calling me to do it. God is calling me to like start a new business, start a new relationship, right? Walk out of that relationship that is not good. And truth is. This is what I can just say to you is that if you are looking for a motivation to do it, I will tell you that just look at Joseph. Eventually, he left 30 years of his life, right? But life is not about those moments, right? Life is about what we do with our lives, right? Moments of our lives. And truth is, what God is asking you to do today, we'll all come back together one day and we we'll celebrate your obedience and your faithfulness to it, right? Amen. Amen. Did you receive God's word? I believe this blessed you. I'm so excited, right? And so if you did, let's pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us so practically and so truly. God, we ask again that God, you will increase your word into everybody's heart in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, we don't just want to be hearers, but God, we want to be doers. Help us, God, to be able to do your word. Help us to be able to apply it. Jesus, increase this word into our heart and bless every each and every one. We have a fruitful week and a blessed day in the name of the Lord Jesus. The seek ahead. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Amen and Amen. And truth is, I don't know how you got to listen to this. Truth is, this is why we say that. When, when we preach something like this, right, share this. I'm not, I'm not asking that you make me famous, right? I'm legit not asking me that you make me famous. But this is what I'm saying, that if this helped you, right, help me to help someone else. Share it. Let someone else be blessed. Ask people to subscribe. I'm not saying that give me 15,000 people following on YouTube. I'm not asking you that. I'm just saying that let someone be notified every time this gets posted. That they can draw strength. If this has given you strength, sometimes it can be selfish of us to hold strength back to ourselves. Right? This has been a strength for you. This has been a maybe wisdom knowledge for you part of life. Why don't you share it with someone else? Right? The fact that someone else is benefiting doesn't take out from you. Right? Help us to reach people. Help us to bless people. You can share this. You can... Forward this, you can send the message to someone, ask someone to tune in, give the name to someone, all right? I think God speaks in moments like this. And that is not the only thing I want to say. That's like secondary to this, actually. And truth is, we were talking about reality some moments ago, that how that God calls us king. 
Well, that statement is only available for people that have given their life to Jesus. Right. And so, and if you have never given your life to Jesus, truth is you can become a son of God, righteous, holy king, loved by God, praised by God, forgiven by God, all in this moment. You don't have to live here without being righteous, without having the strength. Truth is, in everything that we have said, we don't have the strength in our own ability to make it happen. God empowers us. You don't have to live here without being empowered for all of that. And if you say, I love that, I love the sound of that, God is pushing my heart, God is pressing my heart to do that. I would say, put your hands on your chest as I lead you in prayer, which is one of the greatest, which did not one, the greatest honor of my life, right? To lead you to Jesus. And from today, your life, there's nobody that's given his life to Jesus or our life to Jesus that there was better before they did. We always get better by giving our life to Jesus. So put your hands on your chest. I will count to five before I say the prayer. One. So just say after me, dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for sending your word. I'm grateful that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he died on the cross. He rose up for my justification. Now I am righteous with you because I believe. God, forgive me of my past. Give me fresh new starts, God. Help me to live for you. Help me to live by what you say we should do and how we say we should live. Empower me by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, because I'm now your son. I belong to you. And one day, I will be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. If you pray that prayer, please signify. Just drop a message. Call my number. Reach someone. Someone is going to get in touch with you. We like to help you and see how, what we can do and what God can do with you also. Amen and Amen. So I had a great time. I hope you did also. See you next week. My name is Adipo Jivalaji. I send greetings on behalf of the wonderful guys I work with. Taiwo, Femi, Kenny, Esther, Dami. We all send our greetings. We are all excited and we love you. We are praying for you. Do have a wonderful weekend. I love you big.